Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. One of my favorite stories from the weekend is a $4 billion Panasonic electric vehicle battery factory in DeSoto, Kansas. And Kansas is booming, man. They are they want factories and business in the state of Kansas, and they're getting them. So this $4 billion Panasonic electric vehicle battery factory, I was trying to help satisfy the Biden administration's efforts to get everyone into an EV good luck but uh it's gonna go it's gonna also extend the life of a coal-fired power plant because uh they can't build the batteries without the coal-fired power plant (laughs) i mean if that doesn't explain where we're at i don't know what does so panasonic broke ground on this facility last year And the Japanese company was slated to receive $6.8 billion from the Inflation Reduction Act and has been pouring billions into electric vehicles and battery factories as part of its effort to transition America away from fossil fuels. (laughs) Uh, It's just silly. However, uh, the factory is going to require between 200 and 250 megawatts of electricity to operate. That's roughly the amount of power needed for a small city. So in testimony to the Kansas City Corporation Commission, which is the state's equivalent of the Wyoming Public Service Commission, this article is from uh, the Cowboy State Daily out of Wyoming. Uh, They believe that, yeah, you know what? Um... The near-term challenges from a resource adequacy perspective is that the 4 million square foot Panasonic facility, uh, we're going to go ahead and need that power plant to stay online. And so any of your plans to delay the plant, uh, any of your plans to make the plant transition to natural gas, yeah, that can't happen right now, or we can't build batteries. That is just unbelievable. And it's not unbelievable. You know what? It is believable because that is exactly where we're at in today's world. Hey, we want everything to be EV, but we can't power the EVs because we don't have enough power. We need the coal-fired plants and the new plants to uh, require. This is what we should be building is new plants, really, if you want to get rid of coal. But they can't because they've already come up against saying how bad it is. Wow. So anyway, uh, I just love the idea that we're going to build a battery factory. But we can't use the battery factory because we won't have enough power to create the batteries for the EVs without the coal fire plants. Beautiful. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Last week, we heard from our man on the street, ear witness to the crash of the F-35, the $80 million plane that went missing. 
From WBTW News 13, Randolph White was the ear witness. Uh, in, in the bathroom taking a shave, and I heard a huh. screeching, saw that between a screech and a whistle. I said, what in the world is this? And I heard right. a in my whole house show. White says he didn't realize it was a plane at the time, so he didn't call anybody. The press thought came to me, I said, well, yeah. And I said, well, there's an airplane. It needs to be reported. But the thing- yeah, it needs to be reported. Somebody needs to make a call. Not me. I, I don't need to make a call, but somebody needs to. So we found out that uh, he was the ear witness, and that was close to the crash site or the proposed crash site. I don't even know if they've opened up that area or not, or if it's still on all lockdown there in South Carolina. Then this weekend, we got the audio from the 911 call uh, from the house where the pilot landed. So remember, the pilot ejected and then he landed in a yard in South Carolina. And we have now released the 911 call that was made on his behalf. 911, what's the address of the emergency? Uh, tell me exactly what happened. I guess we got a pilot at our house and he says he got ejected. Well, he ejected from the plane. Yeah, I guess we got a pilot. Let's see if we can get some ambulance, please. Yeah, I'm sorry, what happened? Uh, Hello? We got a pilot in the house and I guess he landed in my backyard and <laughs> we were trying guess? to see if we could get a... Um, ambulance to the house please yeah we guess he landed in our backyard i don't know i was in my house and my wife said hey there's a guy at the back door that says he landed in the backyard so maybe we call 911 that'd be great Okay, that's great. We've already got somebody on the way. That's great. And this is where the 911 call starts to become agonizing. And I know that's their job. And you want to keep people on the line. And you've got to go through protocol of the questions. But sometimes it just seems agonizing. Uh, You know, like this time. Give me just a moment. Yeah, I can't figure out what you're saying. So, uh, one moment. Now, we hear the pilot in the background. He's trying to help out a little bit. And then sooner or later, he finally grabs the phone. Okay, are you with the patient now? Yes. Okay, how old is the patient? We have a military jet crash. There I'm the pilot. We need to get uh, rescue rolling. I'm not sure where the airplane is. It would have oh. landed somewhere. I ejected. Okay, how far did he fall? <laughs> I was at 2,000 feet. Yeah, I was at 2,000 feet. Okay. I ejected. <laughs> we need to get some military protocol. Let's go. We need to make some calls. Okay. And what caused the fall? Uh, the aircraft failure. It was an aircraft failure. Uh, I don't know what happened, but it was an aircraft failure failure that's why i ejected and i ended up in this man's backyard (laughs) okay okay Uh, okay okay is there any serious bleeding i I don't know i can't see myself i don't know i can't see myself i've got my pilot suit on and i can't see myself okay (laughs) 
<laughs> Wait, you don't know? I mean, is something wrong? No, he looks fine. He just put the straight. Hey, he looks fine. He looks fine. Uh, what did the other person say? I, I feel okay. My back just hurts. Yeah, I hit the ground. Okay. Yeah. It's hanging from the tree. Is there jumped a of an airplane crash? I have not seen any um, come up. Yeah, maybe you should have listened to Randolph White. <laughs> oh, wait, he didn't call. Never mind. Yeah. Okay, what part of the body was injured? My back. I'm a pilot in the military aircraft, and I ejected. Um, so I just rode a parachute down to the ground. <laughs> Can you please send an ambulance? Yes, sir. I've already told you they're on their way. I'm just required to ask these questions. Yeah. Okay, so why don't you just calm down a little bit, okay? I've already told you they're on your on the way. <laughs> I do not know what to make of that. I you know, I I guess I believe it. Sure. I you know, I believe it. But it's just interesting that it's the it's the agonizingness of the nine one one call. It's like I know that she can't understand it, and she's not used to. It's a big surprise. She's not used to having someone say, "Yeah, I ejected from an airplane. I fell two thousand feet. I landed in this guy's backyard, and now I'm on the phone with you. We need to take some action, okay? I, we need to get a hold. Why didn't he say call the base?" I'm, I, I'm really, I guess he was in some kind of, you know, maybe a little bit of shock, I guess, because he, he knew the plane was going to crash. And, you know, we need to get a hold of the military base, right? So the guy at the house called 911 because that's what you would do. And why didn't he, it's surprising to me that he didn't say, hey, uh, I am a pilot, which he did say, and I crashed, I fell to the ground 2,000 feet, we need to get some action. Get me in touch with such and such a military base because we need to get some action now. <laughs> uh, but no, but no, uh, that did not happen. So we're getting more information on that and we'll see, you know, we'll see what actually happened and when they came for the rescue. And we know now that the plane crashed in the area. Well, we, they claim that the plane crashed in this area. And uh, so hopefully we'll get more information. I'm really surprised that they released the 911 call, although it's a separate deal from the military because the military has, uh, as far as I know, has not been really open to giving us information. And that's that's what the military does. The thing that makes this different, however, is that they asked for our help to find it. Well, when you ask someone for their help and when you do find it, the person or people that you ask for help, uh, maybe you ought to let them know. Uh, thank you. We appreciate it. This is what actually happened. But no, that has not transpired yet. Now, you know, we love man on the street interviews from local news. We had Randolph White there, who was awesome. Uh, we've had plenty over the years that I just love and stay on file for us to play when we you know, when we're feeling down, we want to make ourselves feel better. So we play live news reports, a man on the street. This actually uh, is a way for the chewing the fat rule that comes in. Just because someone puts a microphone in front of your face doesn't mean you have to speak. 
<laughs> uh, you can if you want, and I thank you for doing that. But you don't have to. You don't have to prove that you're, you know, you're okay and that you're smarter than everyone. And uh, we see those men on the street uh, interviews all the time, and people are just dumb. I don't know. It makes us feel better to think that uh, these are the people that they highlight in the videos, and the people that got them all right just kept going, and they didn't highlight them, and there were more of them than the dumb ones. That makes you feel better. I got it. But then I had this sent to me from, uh, and I don't remember this, and it's from Chapel Hill, and it was, there was massive flooding going on, and Local News 5 uh, does a man on the street, This, in this case, a woman on the street reporting because of the flooding that's going on in Chapel Hill. Now, the lady can't bring herself to say, yeah, it's really flooding. Thank you. appreciate it. We're safe right now. No, she has to continue on and tell people how dangerous it is and they're probably going to ask us to evacuate only that's not the word she uses but it haven't really hit our parking lot yet so it's really ain't affecting me yet but once it do hit that they probably gonna tell us to evaporate and then Wait, what? get some under us all the time we gotta keep evaporating so yeah <laughs> yeah you got to keep evaporating so man you know what happens when the flooding happens uh when it gets close to your house yeah they were going to come and tell you to evaporate that's the deal all right let's go to the break room i need something cold to drink desperately <laughs> Wow, I should have put this maybe in the Who Died Today segment, but Netflix is ending its DVD service. I know. Dry dry your eyes. <laughs> I didn't know that uh, looking out your window and waiting for the Netflix envelope to arrive was also known as the mail gaze, but apparently that's was a thing. Well, that's going to be a past thing as of this coming Friday. Uh, if you're listening live, today is the 25th of September, 2023. Friday will be the 29th of September, 2023, and there will be no more Netflix DVD service. I know. I know. According to this, at the height, Netflix had 100,000 DVD titles to choose from. And as of a couple of months ago, it had an estimated 6,600 DVDs to choose from. So, bye-bye, Netflix and DVD service. I know, it's a sad, sad day. Plus, we find out that Amazon now is going to have uh, the television shows and movies on its Prime Video service will start including limited advertisements early next year in order for the company to continue investing and compelling content and keep increasing that investment over a long period of time. That's why I pay the Amazon fee. Then I, we talked about this before. They're just going to break it up and they need to. And they don't want to. I don't know why they, what the deal is. But they need to, you know, so you have to pay one fee for the Amazon Prime. And that is part of getting the getting the video service instead of having two separate things. But now Amazon says it has uh, expanded its hit movies and great shows. Have you? Okay. So they claim that it costs $8.99 a month. 
uh, and included for free in Amazon Prime memberships. Yeah, that's what I mean. Which are fourteen ninety nine a month or one hundred thirty nine ninety nine annually. The Amazon says we aim to have meaningful fewer ads. Meaningful meaning. I can't say the word. We aim to have meaningfully fewer ads than linear TV and other streaming TV providers. Oh, isn't that special? Ads in prime video content will be introduced in the US, UK, Germany, and Canada in early 2024, followed by France, Italy, Spain, Mexico, and Australia later in the year. Oh, that's special. Okay. So no action is required for Prime members. We're not making any changes in 2024 to the current price of Prime membership. Okay, well then, that's good. We will also offer a new ad-free option for an additional $2.99 a month for U.S. Prime members and we'll share price. So they're still going to charge me more. Ugh, come on. There's no, you don't need any trans. I mean, are they just going to add three bucks a month? to my prime membership that's probably what they're going to do yep got to charge you more sorry that's the way it goes uh the plan to change is come as prices for some competing streaming services are on the rise yeah they're all on the rise by the way uh there's going to be an ad-free version of disney let's see we got disney it's raising its prices on its ad-free disney plus and hulu plans the company announced that the ad-free version of disney plus will increase to 13.99 a year starting october 12th up from the current ten ninety nine a month for Hulu, the ad free version will rise to seventeen ninety nine a month. Up from the ongoing fourteen ninety nine a month. Plus, if you have Hulu Live, I mean, this is why I got rid of YouTube Live, and now everybody is just jacking up the prices on everything. HBO Max and Discovery Plus uh, content on Max, they're going up nine ninety nine a month. Max ad free plan is. $15.99 a month for the ultimate ad-free plan on max that's $19.99 a month which allows up to four devices to stream at once and offers 4k uhd with dolby atmos on select titles and that's special and then you know they didn't even mention netflix prices on here plus uh, just just be ready to pay more for everything bidenomics Good news, I guess, for uh, the writers. The major film and television studios and striking writers reached a tentative agreement after days of marathon negotiating. I mean, they were on strike for 146 days. Uh, we won't know what exactly the contract is for a couple of days, and then they'll have a while to ratify it. But we shall see what happens. Uh, and plus, we still have the actor strike that's going on this will probably make that end soon but uh it the agreement still needs to be ratified yeah yeah uh represents more than eleven thousand writers it's a turning point yeah is it though the last strike in 88 lasted 154 days so this was only 146 ha, we got it done earlier <laughs> uh, so to be clear no one is to return to work until specifically authorized by the guild yeah so we're still technically on strike okay we haven't ratified anything we just agreed tentatively to this agreement okay uh, the SAG-AFTRA has been on strike since mid-July, which represents 160,000 actors. We'll see if they come to a deal soon. I'm sure they will. People are losing a lot of money. Uh, $5 billion, according to economists, on, imp on economic impact nationwide. Uh, restaurants, service firms, prop shops, all felt the ripple effects from ongoing disputes. 
and have had to cut staffing as a result. In New York, disruption of 11 major productions resulted in a loss of 1.3 billion and 17,000 jobs. Wow. So uh, there you have it. So hopefully every strike will be over. And how about how about the GM strikes going on? Well, it's not just GM. It's the United Auto Workers. Okay, and that strike is still ongoing. I'm told uh, President Biden is going to go to Detroit. Uh, Trump is going to go to Detroit. Everybody wants a piece of the striking action. So good luck to everyone. Maybe now Drew Barrymore can get her TV show back up and running. Hopefully Bill Maher will be able to get his show up and running. All the late night shows. Yay! We able to come back on, I guess, in another week or so. We'll see. But as of right now, it's just we're saying that the strike is over. But it really isn't. So, okay. Good luck. God bless. I want everybody to get what they want. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Who died today? Who died today? Well, uh, Nicholas Gailey, 40. Rest in peace. Dead. He was an experienced wingsuit skydiver. And he smashed into a plane's wing, or the wing, or the plane's wing smashed into him. And he was decapitated 20 seconds into his jump. That's when his parachute opened and his body or lifeless body, headless body just floated to the ground. (laughs) It's not funny. Stop. Just stop laughing. It's not funny. Okay. So they took the pilot to trial for manslaughter and the pilot's like, uh, I did everything. Uh, you know, I've got 226 jumps under my belt and, uh, just, I don't know what I did. My flight path made sense. It's been the tragedy of my life. And so he worked at the skydiving school and he, he'd been, had a little trouble before he had an invalid license after he violated some restrictions stemming from an unspecified medical condition. That doesn't have anything to do with this, though, does it? No, of course not. So, according to this, uh, he was the only one who obeyed the rules without negligence on the ill-fated jump. Okay. So, they asked for a 12-month suspended sentence for the pilot and a fine of more than $10,000 for his employer. The verdict in the manslaughter trial is due in November. So we don't even know. We won't even know till November. What is happening? This happened in France. Oh my gosh. Let's hop to it. We have to wait until November to get a verdict on this thing. So uh, we're going to have to find out what the verdict is on the pilot in February and relive this whole thing again. Because, I mean, just, I'm thinking of the wingsuit skydiver just 
jumping out of the plane and then just getting into the jump and then being struck by the plane. It does not sound like it would be fun. (laughs) So, Nicholas Gailey, 40, rest in peace. Then we have an unnamed man in Las Vegas who was working to help prepare for the Formula One's Las Vegas Grand Prix. Who, by the way, by the way, that happens on November 18th, and we're already building. Apparently, this track is supposed to go through the strip and up and around, and they're building all kinds of things over the fountains at the Bellagio, which is where this fatal injury happened. Apparently, there was a major laceration to his neck. Those always end well, don't they? So it's unclear how he suffered the fatal injury, but the authorities were called to the Bellagio Fountains, and he was transported to the local hospital. That's where he died. Yet nobody wants to admit that he died on the scene. Nope, take him with you. He was still alive when he left here. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration is obviously investigating the death, and uh, they're, you know, building up Vegas for the big Formula One race in November, a 3.8 mile track in total. Really amazing what they're going to do for that city for the F1 race. Really amazing. And we also, don't forget about the Sphere at the Venetian Resort. Uh, That opens this Friday with U2 starting their residence at the Venetian. I there's a th- that is the sphere at the Venetian. Now there's also a big uh, construction project in Vegas of the Moon, and that's a new uh, venue in Vegas. I think that Elton John should be the opening act for the Moon, and you could just you know Rocket Man, Elton John comes out of retirement, one final show or one final week or one final month or whatever you want to do on the Moon, Elton John plays on the moon and uh you know the rocket man on the moon would be a great thing just you know an idea for me you can go ahead and use it you're welcome all right so uh we're still in uh, who died today who died today so i got this in an email uh at chewing the fat at the blaze.com you can always email the show uh anytime chewing the fat at the blaze.com and the email said hey did you see this and it, what happened is at uh, in New England, there was 24 oiled gulls. So apparently, these seagulls got into a truck carrying used cooking oil. Now, you know, they apparently have been attracted to the smell of fried foods and landed in the back of the truck where the viscosis oil soaked through their feathers. Um, yeah. I'd like to know, it doesn't say anywhere in the story, why was it open? (laughs) Why was there an open truck of cooking oil? It doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, apparently the birds have been, uh, you know, once they got in the oil, that means that they're flightless because the oil is heavy and they can't get it. Several of them are in critical condition. Oh, no. Not critical condition, seagulls. Oh, no. That can't happen. Seagulls are like sky rats. So what? (laughs) I mean, I know. I feel bad for them. I do. I do feel bad for the nameless seagulls. But I don't think we should be using uh, resources to save them. I just don't. So there is a place, the Cape Hospital in Massachusetts, the New England Wildlife Center, 
where they are assessing and stabilizing the gulls. The washing process will start in the next few days once they've had a chance to de-stress and eat a good meal. Washing an oiled bird is an extremely labor-intensive process, and it could take up to an hour to wash each bird. We're very thankful that we had our oil spill response kits on hand. Who doesn't? And we're able to help, and grateful to the officer who was able to capture these birds. Uh, We'll follow up on updates on their condition over the next few days. Yeah, uh, they did lose some, and I say some didn't make it. Sorry. And apparently there were some more. Uh, brought in as well do i mean okay i know we're supposed to feel sorry for them i know we're supposed to feel sorry for them but they're seagulls they're sky rats no i'm not going to feel sorry for them they went in first of all i want to know why there's a truck uh with this oil wide open uh usually isn't that supposed to be covered aren't they in tanks at least tarp that load if it's cooking oil i that's a weird thing. I want to know why that happened, which they don't say in any of the stories about this. And uh, I would also like to say that uh, they're seagulls. So, uh, you know what? Darn the luck. They weren't able to make it. Oh, no. We've lost a whole 24 oiled gulls. I know. It's, I know it said I'd be bummed. But I'm more bummed that we're spending all this time, money, and resources on de-oiling these birds and de-stressing them and giving them food. And hopefully they'll be able to get back on their way. Because what we need are more sky rats out in the world. Right? Right. And one more uh, who died today. We have a man, an unnamed man in Florida, Pinellas County, Florida. I've lived in Pinellas County, Florida. Uh, Beautiful. Uh, Where they found a dead body and an alligator, a 13-foot alligator, uh, with the deceased human body. Now, I have heard conflicting reports that the gator was dragging the man's body, but it was in a local little inland waterway area. ditch of water there in pinellas county and there was a guy walking home from the the original story was he was walking home from a job interview and saw the gator with the human so i don't know how much of that is actually true but i will say that at least in florida uh, officials believe that humans first even though we we do have one dead body uh they have killed the 13 foot alligator want to know why because there's plenty of gators and when you get one that you're not sure about, you end it. So that's the way it goes. That's what we should be doing with sky rats in Massachusetts. Okay, don't worry about it. They got in some cooking oil. Bummer. Anyway, and I didn't see a report. I don't know if the man was already dead and the gator said, Hey, look, there's a guy dead here in the ditch. I'm going to take him with me and eat him. Or if he... You know, the guy was passed out and the gator killed him and chomped him. I don't know. I didn't see the full story. I just know that a human uh, was found uh, next to this uh, in this Ridgecrest Park, which is, uh, you know, a little Pinellas County Park. And uh, so because the gator was either next to the human or was chewing on the human, uh, we had to put him down. So have a nice day, Wally Gator. And just to be clear, no one supports gators more than me. Hello, my favorite place in the world is Gatorland. But they're there being taken care of so that we humans can go and look. 
<laughs> humans first. Big weekend in sports this weekend. We had uh, we had the announcement of the Super Bowl performance artist. It's going to be Usher. Yes, Usher. He said it's an honor of a lifetime to finally check a Super Bowl performance off my bucket list. I can't wait to bring the world a show unlike anything else they've seen from me before. Thank you to the fans and everyone who made this opportunity happen. I'll see you real soon. I mean, congratulations to Usher. I have no problem with Usher doing the halftime performance. I thought for sure that it was going to be Taylor Swift. I mean, she's all about her new boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. She's in Kansas City, uh, sitting with mom in the box, and there's a picture of them coming into the stadium. I don't know. And Travis is wearing his Travis Kelsey pregame suit uh, along with Taylor. And uh, so, you know, I I mean, seriously, (laughs) she's played in more football stadiums than he has this year. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. That's a fact. But, uh, you know, I just thought for sure that it should be Taylor Swift performing at the Super Bowl. The Chiefs have a pretty good, uh, pretty good odds that they're going to be there again. So anyway, I just... That was just me. Then we had uh, the Miami Dolphins score 70 points against the Denver Broncos. That's the first time uh, in NFL history since 1966 that a team has scored 70 points. Uh, 72 was the record in 1966. I wish the Dolphins would have kicked another field goal and gotten that 73 to set their record, but no. Then we also had the first girl that wasn't a kicker play in a football game uh in uh, virginia shenandoah university which is a d3 school a d3 big deal but it is a university and they do have a football team safety Haley van vorst uh, became the first woman to play in an ncaa football game who was not a kicker or a punter and she was excited to do it she apparently had a quarterback hurry and part of the game and tackle and prove that she was can still do it and she said that she was happy to uh happy to be a part of it and prove what women can do uh when they're given the chance okay yeah and we've always said if they could do it do it but the point was a lot of times they can't do it that's part of the problem but good for her congratulations so i will always remember the girl that tried to play on my son's high school football team in ninth grade, I think it was. Maybe it was 10th. And uh, she came out, practiced with the team. She was tough out there on the field. And after, I don't know, about a week and a half, she stuck it out for about a week and a half. Maybe it wasn't even that long. But once hitting started, she had enough. And, uh, you know, it was good. It was no problem. She was out there practicing and good for her. But she realized at some point, ooh, yeah, uh, no, I'm going to go over here and not be here. (laughs) And you you can't blame her. And it did arrive. Yesterday morning, scientists retrieved the estimated 8.8 ounces of rocks and soil from the asteroid Bennu which is the first time NASA has ever gathered a sample from an asteroid. When the sample capsule landed in the Utah desert after being dropped off by the 
Osiris Rex spacecraft from 63,000 miles away. It marked the 4 billion mile journey that began in 2016. Uh, I, you're asking yourself, why was it being dropped off in Utah? Well, uh, it's the largest, rest- and I did not know this uh, until this story, uh, it's the largest restricted airspace in the U.S. So don't be flying across that place. <laughs> they will send the jets up for you. You know, if they have any left, but uh, if they if they can find them and they have people that know how to fly them and, you know, don't uh, don't eject out of them, they'll be able to bring the jets on you if you're in that restricted airspace. Anyway, uh, we hope that the sample will contain key information about the beginning of our solar system. Uh-huh. And tell us more about the origins of life on Earth. Uh-huh. Okay. So uh, now we also have, uh, we're going to get, uh, we're, the scientists have got to analyze the rocks and soil uh, for the next two years. I guess they're going to release preliminary details about the sample in October, but uh, they'll just, whatever they say, it'll be, don't believe anything we say now because we won't have any more information uh, for another two years. Hopefully we'll get information before then. That would be nice. Uh, I know that uh, they're also doing another mission, another mission, uh, spacecraft Psyche is going to track down an asteroid with the same name and uh, we can be Psyche is going to track down Psyche and we're going to be able to get, uh, you know, stuff with dust from Psyche too. So I guess that's great news for NASA. Well, I mean, NASA, that is great news, but uh, I don't know what they you know, is it going to show origins of life on earth from an asteroid that's because the earth got hit by an asteroid did it though did it and uh, those of you thinking to go to california out in san diego and you wanted to visit uh la jola beach is it la jola is that how you pronounce that i know it's la jolla stop it anyway uh it's known for its beauty and rugged rocks but what makes it even more remarkable is the sea lion population and the sea lion population believes that uh, la jolla is there where we're going to breed and nurse so people uh in uh you know i say people politicians don't want humans in close contact with these uh sea lions and so people show up and they take uh, selfies with them and we can't have that we cannot have that uh because humans are the invasive visitors sea lions they're not invasive at all to to humans but we are invasive to the sea lions so the city council voted eight to zero to amend the city code to protect the sea lions (laughs) Okay, so they're going to put in a 150-yard closure. Uh, You're still going to be able, apparently, to get to the beach. Uh, They're going to say that uh, you'll you'll be able to see the sea lions from behind barriers. And there will be an ocean access point still available. Uh Uh-huh. Way down there and about three feet wide. Uh, You can go there. So the good news is, is that it is not forever. Duh. Uh, you wouldn't think that a city council would just close a beach permanently because of sea lions. No, no, it's not forever. It's only for seven years. After seven years, you got to apply for a new amendment uh, or a new coastal development permit. So it's not forever. It's only for seven years. 
Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Next thing you know, they're going to be wanting to close down the uh, Lake Michigan Beach in Wisconsin because the American Flamingos, five of them, showed up on the beach about 25 miles north of Milwaukee. It's the first sighting of the species in Wisconsin state history. So let's shut down the beaches, shall we? (laughs) Here's what the birds did. All right, now there's only five flamingos uh, on uh, Lake Michigan's western shoreline. The waves lapped against their thin legs. Three were adults, identifiable by their pink plumage, and two were juveniles clad in gray. The birds stood quietly. (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh and uh 75 bird enthusiasts were drawn to the city's south beach after word spread on social media about the flamingo's appearance there this is huge now this is unbelievable said edel huber an avid bird watcher and photographer it was unexpected and beautiful and you don't we've had recent reports of flamingos in indiana and kentucky and ohio and pennsylvania well this is the first time in wisconsin and oh my gosh i we just were so excited and so be ready for them to shut down the beaches one lady said she was going to send the photos of the birds to relatives in georgia who aren't going to believe it just why don't you just post it on your social media they'll see it right Anyway, uh, good for them. Good, good, you know, let's let's be sure to be excited. And what a wonderful, beautiful sight the flamingos in Lake Michigan and Wisconsin were. Because man, was it an exciting time! And people just aren't going to believe it. What happens if I say they were just AI flamingos? What happens then? <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.